evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight we have a special guest on, Adam Holland. How are you doing tonight, man? What's going on? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on this awesome show. I appreciate it. Well, well thank you. We got a lot to talk about. You yourself can be a fellow podcaster. You are. And yes. You are a musician and you got some new yes. old music out as we were talking about. Yes. Yes. New old. We, we're trying to well, define what to call it. It's a new uh, collection of old songs being released now. So I don't know what that term is. Uh, there's probably a term out there. So someone chime in and uh, give us whatever that, if you know the term for that, please help us out. So so here, here's, the, here's the thing. Adam is from the band Valentine. If people that don't know, so we're going to be introducing you to new people who haven't checked them out. I want you to check cool. them out if you're not familiar. And if you are an old fan, there's no, there's new old music out exactly. for us new old people. Exactly. And for you, and for you young old people, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. We're getting lost. It's okay. It's, it's a new old. It's a new old theme. That's the theme. We're new olds. So, so, so let's. Talk, if you can give a mini bio for the people that are new to you, just a quick little sure. introduction of who you are and what Valentine was in the time period. Absolutely. So I'm Adam Holland. I'm a guitar player. I've been. Pl- I'll go quickly. Playing since eleven. Obviously, grew up on the, you know, early. You know, actually, late seventies, the Boston's, the uh, Fog Hat, then of course into Van Halen, ACDC, Black Sabbath. My love of that kind of hard rock—I wouldn't say so much metal, but you know, hard rock guitar. Uh, found some like-minded guys who, you know, on the Long Island circuit. Valentine was formed after you know our all seeking each other out. Valentine was part of the eighties sort of hair you know, hard rock movement. We were signed to Columbia, then ended up moving over to Giant Records. We had a video out called No Way, which had Ali Sheedy in it, and that was on Headbangers Ball. We were in all the, you know, the rock trades and all the magazines. It was a good good run. We had Neil Kernan, who did all, produced our record. He produced a lot of those big docking records, Queensryche, and he was, it's, mm-hmm. our record sounds fantastic because of him. Yep. Uh, times obviously changed, and we... Uh, the band evolved. I don't know what, what you want to call it, interesting evolution of the band. And we changed the name of the band. We had a new label, RCA, with a new producer, Richie Zito. And uh, we all felt that it wasn't Valentine anymore, so the band became Open Skies. And that okay. came out in the mid-'90s, and that record did well. Uh, and uh, we didn't do a video. It was kind of not a video at the time. And then we... yeah. We did though had great radio and we did great touring. We actually did some tour with Mr. Big for a little while. You mentioned Eric oh, nice. Martin. It was great. And then um, you know, that sort of ran its course to the mid nineties. And then we sort of all just, you know, took a breath. You know, the times had changed and we just sort of paused for the end of the nineties. But then uh, I personally I went on to become a writer, a staff writer down in Nashville, Tennessee for a a great publisher called Murrah Music, and that was a great period of my life. And then, of course, all the, we were all still friends and buddies, and we started to you know just write together and do some things and play again just for fun. And I played with Hugo, who's the singer in that band, in a Journey tribute band. And then once we were all kind of back together doing things, Valentine got invited overseas to this great music festival called Firefest. Oh, yeah. and, and the reception was just blew our mind how how we couldn't believe that we had this many fans overseas. <laughs> it inspired us to do another CD. So in 2010, we did a CD called Soul Salvation and um, went back to Firefest a few times and just, just had a, it was just a sort of this joyous reunion. It was really a, I don't know what to say. It was a nice, nice thing to feel to have 
you get appreciated later on in which you didn't know how much people you know you, we didn't know that we had this many fans over there and the payoff the world. for the investment of the it's the payoff really you know yeah it was like a long-term payoff but it was nice so and so that was a good thing and then um like i mentioned before hugo still plays in a very successful journey tribute band called voyage and myself gerard and craig the other guys in valentine play with steve argiri from who you sang with journey for a decade and that is Jeez. that so then then to bring us to current that's what we do we're all keeping busy during covid time we were approached by uh 20th century music vanity um vanity music group to, and they wanted to know if we had any unreleased valentine material from the real 80s era and it turns out we did because we never did a second real valentine record we had written that that record however we didn't release it and the, you know at, at that time the label labels didn't want to really hear anything 80s-esque sounding so that music sat untouched until literally yeah. to to whatever 220 you know 2020 and uh we we had it all and it, actually the cover of the cd is the trunk that Craig had with the seat with all the stuff is that's not a made up picture that's a real picture of the of the cassettes and dats that we had and we we did find some on dat but some was still on cassette but we, we we mastered it to get it to sound as good as we could and we all felt that you know we kind of wanted to leave it in that form because these are demos and it was cool to have them like in that rough they're not actually they're not that rough we recorded them. sound like demos to be honest with you then i feel like i've been duped if they're demos no well here's the good thing I, I guess, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back a second we were very listen we had a label deal we had some money and we bought some real equipment and set up like a mobile studio that we moved around and and we also at this point when we made these recordings that are on demos from the attic we had spent a lot of time watching neil kernan in the studio so we ah. we got to we, we got to sort of look over his shoulder that's how you do the back that's how you layer the background vocals okay we write that down he showed me how to mic and record guitars literally so i i learned from the, the master and um and we we used drums we used actually an electronic drum kit but it was played so we we didn't have to worry about miking that's always a hard thing so the drums but we, we you know they they came out great we were very pleased with this there were songwriter demos that would eventually go on to be produced so what's cool about these demos this is my wrap up here which is cool when we did the 2010 soul salvation record it was a valentine record but it was a 2010 valentine record you know it wasn't the same 1988 valentine because we weren't we weren't trying to do that so for the real hardcore valentine fans this is really I mean, this is the era captured in a in a time capsule because it, it it's that's it. It's so so it's kind of cool to to look back on it and listen. You you know, like when you look at old pictures of yourself, sometimes mm -hmm. you're like, "Holy shit, what was I wearing?" You you cringe, or sometimes you're like, "Wow, that was kind of cool." I think we felt like nostalgic about these old songs. It wasn't like we were like, "Yeah, we we didn't have a bad feeling." It was like enough time had gone by that we we knew the era they were written in and what they were for we're not trying they weren't trying to be like hit songs now so it's cool they capture the moment of that real late 80s early 90s mm -hmm. you know hair metally crunching guitars cool stuff and because they're songwriter demos 
we were a little freer. We were just, we were trying, we, we, we knew that these would be like, we were just were in a mode of like, let's try this, let's try that. So there's kind of a spectrum of stuff. And, uh, and there you go. How did I do? That was really good. That was, how, well, there you go. <laughs> did you take a minute? That was a good, very, a good, a good uh, breakdown. Very succinct. Thank you very much. I want to say a, a, a few things. Sure. So you got, you guys like listening to you and then I like to go back and kind of break it apart and listen to the album and I've gone, you know, everything. And one of the things to me, it sounds like a you, big fan of Boston. Yes. Oh okay. yeah. No question okay. about it. I feel that not in the sound, but in the songwriting. Oh, that's cool. That, that's it feels a, like, it, it feels cool. like it not, it feels like it honors it. Well, you know, like, that, like, that's, that's a compliment. So there's no question. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we all, as I mentioned, grew up on that, like Boston was one of the first, believe it or not, they don't get enough credit. They're actually one of the first hard rock melodic bands, Boston, like heavy, massive crunching guitars, like really heavy guitars. Like, you know, I, I know the recording, the fact he did it in his, his basement, uh, it's the still, stories it's, of what he's done is right. Right. Unbelievable. So, there could be like so, five shows on him. <laughs> right. There could be a, a, there should be a documentary. on him. That might be your way. next podcast. There you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tom shot. Let me get him. Hold on. Uh, I, gotta, I have to go. So no, um, but no, we definitely have a Boston influence. Boston foreigner journey, you know, was definitely our roots. That's and then, like I said, the Van Halens, you know, then you know that's like that's our sort of our our roots. So yes, thank you for that. It's a compliment, and I I take that's it. Right. As that's, that's what I hear when I hear it. I was like, oh man, it's got to be some Boston that song where just phrasing and the way the guitar is. There's something about it that just well, feels yeah. right. And, and, and to that point, that leads to the next point. You guys, I wouldn't call it. I mean, there are Van Halen riffy. Feels like a, mm-hmm. like a honor of it, but to me it feels like you take a few, you change a few of the pieces around. You guys would be are an AR band, correct? It's in the seventies, nineties. No I mean, you, you throw some costumes on and you, you look at the hair band is pretty easy, right? But you could change a few things and you'd been a seventies rock band, and then you know, you know what I'm saying? You weren't yeah, totally well, uh, no, as being a, an a metal band type. Thing. No, no, we weren't. We weren't really a metal band at all. We had keyboards, but we were definitely were heavy guitars. We were like, I don't know. I'm not sure what really more Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, yeah. and like you mentioned, fa- more but really more Foreigner, Boston Journey. That's what I hear. Yeah, more yeah. of a classic Rocky AR. Yeah. The, that, it carries that, through. It. Yeah, that's our. Those are our, that's our, our our our. That's what we grew up on. Those are our influences, and those influences come through. And of course, Hugo has that real AOR voice that just you know, yeah. and the harmonies. So. And I know that I've heard, seen his stuff pop up before that he does the, the journey thing. And, and it's funny, you guys actually do journey too. I don't hear really the journey bleeding through on this at all. Every now and then I can hear a little thing that reminds me where I can see, oh yeah, I can see why he does journey in his voice. Right. Very little though. It's not. No, it's not. On the Valentine stuff and even Open Sky, it's not. No, if you no. hear if you hear Hugo, it's not, oh my God, it's like Steve Perry. But no. when you see him and then hear him, it's like, oh my God, it, it, then you can't get rid of that. Perry thing, you know it's down to the, the, the microphone hand manners and the, the microphone even like it's so yeah <laughs> it's exactly. crazy but i'm gonna say what on the demo what i'm trying to clear up is it's not it's not a journey sound on oh no thank either, you so. no but also let no. me say this hugo is um you know phenomenal singer i'm not there's nothing mm-hmm. negative about what I, I don't mean to be i don't want to no. come off negative it's just it's a hell of a thing so but it is just it is what it is you know what i'm saying so that's but i appreciate that and i agree it doesn't doesn't come out in these demos that you know the journey thing no, it's, it's, it's really good. I think, well, I think he has two voices. He, he has a journey, but he also sings on different voice for you guys too, you know? Yes. Of course, there's an overlap. So, yes. But, but that being said, now, what about, 
Now you do, you guys get together, you guys splinter off, you do some stuff on the side every now and then mm-hmm. you guys are, you've been doing some stuff, you get together every now and then. Has songwriting changed for you? Do you feel like there's been an evolution over time? I mean, yes. with newer music, like. Yes. Well, I, well, the, for me, you know, like most things, as you mature, you realize, wow, I, you know, you, you get a little better at your, you hone your skill and me, listen, we did when we started out, we were kids and just like that energy and we captured it. Then, you know, we, you mature and you, you see how other people do it and you work with other people and you go, Oh, that's interesting. Let me, that's a good, let me try that. And then you hear other things and you grow up mm-hmm. a little bit. And then for me, when I went down to Nashville, I mean, boy, that changed so much for me in the most incredible way, working with these like whole, I mean, you thought I, I thought I knew talented people, but holy shit down there, it was just so incredible. And it was an incredible time for me and an incredible experience. And everything like that made me a better writer because it would sort of not question my work, but I would just say, wow, what would maybe what would this guy do? What, well, what's, what else can I do? Or I also learned to sometimes just put something down very quickly and then give it to someone else, not spend so much time, give the raw pieces to like another writer, like collaboration. I did a okay. lot of that. Because when I used to go down to Nashville, I would go down with like, I'd like to, I used, I didn't live there. So I went back and forth. So when I went there, I wanted to come with like a, a lot of ideas to start, you know, what do you got? Yeah. So I would start to write like that riff, little riffs or choruses or, or, or lyrical ideas and bring down unfinished ideas to give to someone else to collaborate. So, um, but I think with also with technology, I think it's helped my writing, like myself and Craig, we write a lot together. Craig's the keyboard mm-hmm. player. Yeah. And we'll, and we will pass around a song. He'll send me a song and I'll just either it happens quick. Either I love it and I take it, I suck it into my his file into my, you know, my logic session and I'll chop yeah. it up and, and, and spit it right back at him. So it's been that's and then like we don't even actually talk about it, which is cool. I don't ask him what his opinion is. I just <laughs> I, I do I do my thing and and see if he and I just quickly do my what it, what it, what would I hear? I do what I think I want to hear and either he loves it or not. But so far that's been a very uh, cool that's, thing. That's and interesting. That, that's really interesting. So cause, because he's not there to actually be um, no. not imposed, but you don't feel the energy of that right. person there or holding back. Do you think it makes you a little more courageous in putting out what yes. you want without thinking about it? Absolutely. And then by the way, he can still say, I don't hear it. Then he'll go, then he'll like, we always like say your move like chess and he'll, Right. Tweak, well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't mean like being, no. but like, I'm saying like courageous. Yes. Thing. You know what? I mean, you're not second guessing yourself. Correct. You just do it. And you hope that you, you do what you think it sounds like and then give it and hand it off. And by mm-hmm. the way, we wrote most of the songs we wrote for the Steve Jury record. We did that way. And that includes Steve. We, we will pass around these ideas. And then sometimes Craig and I would get something finished and pass it to Steve. And either same thing, he'd either like take it and then he'd do that. He'd do his version to it. So it was actually, we did that all through the pandemic. It was definitely like a little, it was cool. So I, it's so all those things have helped me, I think, become better. And I think also lyrically, you just become a little, you know, I don't know, maybe you slow down. It's, like I said, maybe you're just a little wiser as you grow older. I don't know. Well, you, it's ho- you, I hope you are. <laughs> you don't care anymore as you get older. You're wiser yeah, maybe that's, that's it. Yeah. That's what makes you wiser. You don't care anymore. That's the wisest thing you could do in your life is not care. Th- there you go. My exactly. motto is that you think you stink. You know what I mean? Just kind of got to move forward. And that's yes. really it. What's interesting. So 
the world, a lot of people, some people, and it's two, two sides, really. It's, they either like to do the recording and send the files back and forth, or they're like, I want nothing to do with it. Right. Just the room. I almost think it's, it's kind of like it best both worlds. You can kind of do two. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise it becomes too much if you can't get together. No, I, a lot I, of times. It's great when you can just write a song and it's done. At band practice, you got nobody else putting a beer in your thing, knocking you over. You know, you're like, oh, time to go. Band practice is over. Beep. <laughs> you can end it and go upstairs and watch TV or no, go, 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 you know what I'm saying? You can separate. No, there's, there's pros and cons to both. I, we still, nothing like, there's still nothing like getting together with a human being in a room and creating music. We have got to get, so what we, I should add, the last the last piece of that is once we have these things, we, we have then gotten together and sort of hashed out the final thing. So that, right. that is, yeah, you still need the human. At some point, you need some interaction or sitting together, for, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So what is the plan? So the album's released. Correct. Are you going to do, is there going to be any lyric videos once COVID is kind of loosening up a little bit? You guys going to try doing a little bit of touring, a, little, a couple of special shows to promote um, it, we, a live we just stream, talk, something? We, we were just talking today about maybe, I don't even want to get into the details, but some of the, you know, the festivals that have bands like us on them, we, you know, we, there were some things being talked about today. So we'll probably do something, okay. but um, the goal is to really do as many podcasts and interviews and then get out there as much and talk about it as much, you know, and I think yeah. there is, a, there were two videos. There's a video for heart of the city and there's a video for Sandy out there, like lyric videos out there floating okay. around on YouTube. I'm, and I'm then, bad. I'm bad about catching up. I'm, I'm bad about actually okay. watching videos. Ironically, I do. I don't usually watch a lot of music videos. I usually Trust just listen me. to music. I, exactly. So, uh, and then what we're doing, I'm always on, you know, social media promoting and et cetera. So that's, that's what we're doing to get out there, you know? Okay. So people can hear if you, when you have, uh, if you have any live shows, they can see it on your social media. Your I promise if there's, lo- if, there's, if there's a live show, I, I know our, I, I, you'll know about it. Our fans will know as soon as, as soon as we have something to say, they will, they'll know about it. That's excellent. So, what is, it? <laughs> is this journey connection? So how did you guys end up doing two separate journeys, but not let's, actually doing it together? Well, let's, it, it, I, first I, this of all, is a question I just came up with when I heard you. I'm no, like, what? It's, well, it's, it's a, it goes even deeper. There's another whole, <laughs> some other, there's more people involved. That's a great question. And by the way, let's go back. So let's go. I'll, t- the answer, I'll do my best. Uh, the answer is I don't know. Hugo, <laughs> first of all, no, when Hugo, listen, I don't, and again, I don't want to sound this in a negative. Hugo, a lot yeah. His career would get compared to Steve Perry. When it all sort of ended and it was, you know, again, 2000, he was like, and the tr- there was this a, a new thing called a tribute band. There was never, that was a yeah. new thing in the early 2000s. He was like, you know what? I want to play. I, I, this is what I look like and sound like. Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I, he did, he did it. And then he invited me to do it with him. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I was like, I don't know. I was just like, what, what? I don't even know what this is. And we started to do it. And you know what? We had a very successful run. It was called Evolution. And then Evolution did a lot of work with the Broadway musical Rock of Ages. Oh. So, and then also, we also knew Steve Ogieri because Steve Ogieri's band, Tall Stories, mm-hmm. also toured with Mr. Big when Open Skies. We would actually yep. flip-flop off this tour with Mr. Big, Open Skies and Tall Stories. And we also knew of each other from the CBS days when Tall Stories was on Epic. So we had, yeah. we'd known Steve already. I'm going to give you this. So therefore, so we got to know Steve and then Steve. So these evolution shows for rock of ages, we did the opening night party, which was a great, we met, you know, all these people. And then we do once a month, we'd play next door to the theater where rock of ages played the musical. And if you yeah. had a ticket, if you had a ticket, 
you could get into this club and the cast somehow they they the cast was required to come to this cast party so the cast would be there it was a very small event like a club it wasn't even like a, a concert and we would play and someone would get up from the either the cast or some like twisted sister or, or some 80s person mm-hmm. would come up and one night steve our jury jammed with us because we saw we and we, we also met him at Firefest when valentine played he played with tall story so there was this sort of like constant running into each other and then he wanted to put together a band but he didn't want a tribute band and he wanted so it was actually gerard who kind of concocted the idea of maybe the valentine guys because he goes doing this this tribute band I, w- I went and played with Steve Ogiri and another dear friend of mine who, who now plays guitar with Hugo in Voyage, Rob Hoffman. So we ended up being the Steve Ogiri band and they continued on with, they changed the name to Voyage. And then, so we, somehow we all ended up associated with Journey. And I don't know how, I, I not even, it wasn't even like a planned out thing. So I hope that, funny, it, but... that answered No, that's really good. It's, re- it's really good. It's pretty funny though. I mean, the reason I, I brought up, and brought up Rob Hoffman because he was on my podcast. He's he um, was in a band called In the Pink. He manages Extreme and Rat and all these guys. So he's, but we were we were joking that he's like here we are with all this journey connection. Like you know he he he's a guitar player. So we sometimes you know what are you doing there? What are, you know so, and we're all friends. By the way, we're all buddies since we're like high school. You know, so it's a whole right. weird like mesh of family and, and journey. It's a funny thing. So I don't know I don't know how it happened, but it did happen. <laughs> that's great right. it's really is good it's a fun story it is, it is. and uh, i like the fact like, everyone's still friends and it's other and i want to step back and say that for you there's nothing wrong with being right. compared to a certain oh, singer it's not it's, it's a compliment really of all compliments oh my god like like of a singer to be compared to really it's, it's like someone saying hey listen you sound a lot like eddie van halen oh it's yeah. like oh, no shit that, that you what do you thank say you? thank you yeah thank you oh my god yeah really if i was a you know it's the best compliment ever right and let so, me add one let me add one thing yeah. here that what you know, the journey thing is what's how lucky are all of us that we get to play this incredible catalog of songs. And we always want to make sure that we like pay respect to that and, and journey like, holy shit, thank you for this catalog of songs that we get to play. So th- I, I want to say that. So has anybody from the band ever checked you guys out? Any, any overlap or at all? Well, show up or... they haven't shown up, but um, I mean, Steve is still, Jerry is still friendly with those guys. So, you know, they, they know they know Steve is they out know. there playing. Yeah, of course. Very cool. Very cool. So a couple of things before we get into your podcast. What is your main guitar? I like to talk about guitars once in a while. What is your main guitar right now? Has it changed over the years or what? Uh, good question. Um, hold on. It's funny. Yeah. yeah hold on. I just I have one sitting here. So Good. Well, you'd be better. You're a musician. So um, right now I, I'm, I'm using a company called Landon. So funny mm-hmm. yes. So basically it has it has changed through the years, but really it's a combination. This these guitars are a combination of Les Pauls and Stratocasters. It's a Stratocaster shape, but you see it has a, a Gibson style bridge. It has a fixed yeah. tunematic. This is a and it's on the scale of a Les Paul, and the neck is a Les Paul, very fat neck. So I played in the 80s, I played Strat style guitars. In the 90s, I played Les Pauls. But I said, you know what? I want the feel of a Strat with a Les Paul. And I had one of these. I tried, I made one myself just to see what it was like. And I loved it. And then this company that makes all the pieces. Started it's beautiful looking. Yeah, this this is, I have, my God, I have a, I have a lot of these. It's not heavy. actually, it's, it's not super light. It's actually about just the right weight. It's about like eight pounds. I like seven and a half, eight pounds. So yeah. it's a big, 
the answer to your question, it's it's evolved into this combination of the best, my favorite things of Les Pauls, mm-hmm. and my favorite things of Strat. And uh, so, you know, this one happened to have has a humbucker and two single coils. And um, but my other ones have various configurations. Usually, it's just a good old fashioned Les Paul style toggle. So it's like a Les Paul everything disguised in the body of a Strat. And I like the reverse it's a sleeper. Yeah, and the reverse headstock is just, I think it looks cool. That's just something I like. So, like a hockey stick. Something like that. I'm not really sure. It's like it goes back to like a Joe Perry, uh, Jimi Hendrix thing. So, so there you go. There's cool. my guitar. So, this, so they have people, evolved. So can, and people, tech, can people yes. get those? They're yeah, there's, can people actually get those? Yeah, there's a, there's a company called Landon, and they're they're very boutique. I mean, they're not really publicly out there, but there's they are out there. So. Okay, well. I guess I'll, you know, I'll send you the link, everything after this. We'll yeah, put yeah, it up. Yeah, people can reach out to you. You can be the connection for that. If yeah. you know, one offs. It's just, if, if there's one or two people, you should always have a question about it. No, I do. I, it's funny. So. I just, I just did a video on YouTube. It's funny because I am very fortunate to be involved with this company and Fractal yeah. and Bare Knuckle. That I, I, I was, I got some requests. I got all kinds of questions about my gear. I just made a video about everything I use, the guitars, my pickup. So I'll give you all these links. You can put yeah, some yeah people. that would be that would be really good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I think we're, I'm going to uh, make eventually. This is an Adam Holland model. All my specs, they're, they're not produced yet. I mean, they're all different kinds are produced with Landon, but I think we might do a couple of, you know, for sale Adam Holland models. We're gonna, I'll see about that. We're thinking about doing that'd be, that. That'd, that'd be very awesome. That'd be very cool. So getting it, getting your own guitar is like it's almost as cool as getting your own action figure or something, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, listen, it's unbelievable. Yes. So yes, I agree. So this is a, this is a dream come true. This is everything I ever wanted in a guitar. I have in these guitars. So I can't, I, I can't say enough good things about them. They're really, you know, special. What a guitar question. What, what, what gauge do you use? What's your, That's a your, great question. It's so funny. I had you, I, uh, well, it depends if I tune down, I like mm-hmm. almost like I use a 10. What is it? Tens on the top, then eleven, like forty-eight, thirty-eight, twenty-eight on the top. But if I tune to standard tuning, I use on the top. I go a little bit lighter. I have an only. Want me to show you those sets too? I could. I yeah. Could, <laughs> hold on. It's so funny. It's, uh, you're asking these questions. I, have, I just someone asked me this. This Elliot. It's not funny. It's just funny. Yeah. So, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Hold on, technical problems. So, I also use yeah. Ernie, I'm an Ernie Ball artist. So, if I'm using, these are a nine and a half, so nine and a half, 12, 16, 26, 36, 46. But mm-hmm. I don't, the nine and a half is too light. I use a 10 on the top. That's okay. my That's my standard set. So, it's kind of like a the top of a 10 with the bottom of a nine and then if i tune down which sometimes we do i use 48 38 28 with a 10 13 17 so like it's a 10 and 11 or a nine and a 10 set i like a little heavier on the bottom end i don't, I don't like a light i like a little more meat on the low on the lower you know the ea i've actually played around with doing super light then you do super heavy then, then the split we do like really light and really heavy and you know, right. flip flop them I don't, I don't know i think i usually stay Mid to lights, I think it's where I'm at right now. Yeah, or, I, th- I think or, I think there's no reason to like go too heavy. It's you know it's funny it's what you get used to. I, for a while, don't ask me why. I was using 11s tuned down on a Les Paul, 
and wow. I thought that I was reading, I thought it was, and I, truth, I got used to it for a while, but then I'm like, let me try something a little lighter. So I started, I went back to tens and I just think that's, so tune down tens to, you know, standard, it's like nine, you know. Mm-hmm. I have an Aria Pro, not down here, Aria Pro 2 is like, not like a Wildcat, it's like 82 or something. It's got a thicker, heavier neck. Right. So that, that's why I'm doing a lot of experimenting with different, different thicknesses. I think I actually was doing the, uh, the Gilmore strings, very, very light. I was trying to try those because it's such a fat neck. Right. And I'm really not sure. That's, that's interesting, you know, what you're using. Well, I think also, oh. so, so again, so because this is tuned, this is a strat, it's a Les Paul scale. So Les Paul, it's a little shorter, the scale. So it gives you the opportunity to get that soft feel with a little heavier string. Okay. So with a, but on a standard strat, a good old fashioned strat, I would be using nines. You know what I'm saying? So it depends on that. So with the less pull, you can get a little heavier on the string. Yeah. So I, I try and go as heavy as I can without, but I still like to have that liquidy, you know, nice bendy, buttery feel on the bends. Buttery feel like that one. It's a good, I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> so you've, obviously you're into a lot of things. I know you do this audio editing and you see, get you working with, you know, the band, you got, you got a couple of bands going on, get your guitar line. There's also something else you got going on. Yes. Got a podcast. I, I started a podcast over the uh, pandemic. Yes. It's called Band Forever. And that was something we were talking earlier about. Uh, I, lo- I do a lot of audio. You we were editing. talking about earlier. Don't get the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I meant I was talking to someone else earlier. You were, think, you were thinking about it. Yeah. I'm just harassing you. So, um, yeah, you know, like you, I love to talk about music, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people I run into as we travel around. I run into so many guys. I know I know so many people like myself who I've grown up with who are in this business, but they may not be like mainstream famous, but they're still making a living in the industry, have had deals, have toured, have done cool things. And I just wanted to tell some stories about that. I like to hear the podcasts that I like to listen to are usually when I learn something I didn't know about maybe someone I think I know that I hear this backstory. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Or I never heard of this guy or this thing. And then you walk away going, wow, that's, um, I I now know more about that. So I wanted to tell stories about people who are out there, but who aren't maybe getting their stories told. So Mm -hmm. I I thought I, I would give it a shot. And since we're talking about Valentine, I did the first episode yeah. on on ourselves. I used I had myself, Gerard, and Craig on as a roundtable, and talked about our, you know, our journey, Your origin through, story. Yeah, our, our story through the through the industry till till now. We've been playing together for over thirty plus years, the three of us. So it's been a long, and the episode title is "Long and Winding Road" because it has been a long and winding road. So, and I also love to edit audio and I, I wanted to just so all these things I was I enjoy doing and listening to I wanted to try to put them into a podcast and so far it's gone it's gone well and you know I think how many you have you have a couple right you have I have 10, 10 so far and I just did a, an episode with a great producer Bob St. John who did all those extreme oh, yeah. records and you did Duran Duran and all I mean multi-platinum mega producer I've had my friend Robbie Hoffman who manages you know, he manages Nuno Extreme and Rat and Courtney Love and is a wonderful player and artist himself. I had Reggie from Heaven's Edge. I had Keith from Tora Tora, you know, so. Keith's great. Oh, he is great. And that, what a great band. So he was, that was cool. He did. So 
just guys like that who I've known through the years. I, I, of course, my first round of guests are people who I know. Joey Casada from, you know, Z-Rock, Z02, and just all He's kinds hilarious. of- He's hilarious. He is, besides he being is. talented, he is hilarious. Listen- His I, show, his show's funny. Uh, unbelievable. He, so that, by the way, he's the one, he played in the Steve Jerry band for a little while. Okay, and, that makes sense. And I, I got to know him and I, and um, and he wrote this great book. He really, and he, he, I'm like, wow, what, his life is just, holy shit, what an incredible story. I mean, TV shows, Broadway, mega tours. I mean, I mean, so many, the, the wrestling show, and he's, yeah. he's nonstop and he just does it. He just, he doesn't like sit around and wait. He does it and then puts it out and gets someone that gets produced. So he was like, you guys have a hell of a story yourselves. You should get it out there. So it was just and that. So he was one of the main inspirations for doing it. And he's a super talented musician. I mean, there's so many levels. That guy is great. So he is. And he's playing, he's playing right now. Actually, he's playing with, uh, Eric Martin. Martin. Yeah. and yeah. The, the crazy trickster, yeah. trickster knuckleheads, whoever they no, call each other at the time. No, it's a great that that talk about a great band. Holy shit, the great! That's a great catalog of songs to pull from. They're great. Holy shit, are they all great musicians? So that's yes. So Martin was talking about he's he's coming with these crazy names. If it's go back to my episode, they're talking about the crazy names because he's trying to rename the band because all, all of them together. Right, right. About um circus lemonade, you'll have to go back and hear. I want to. When people have already heard the story. I don't want to ruin it, but you have to check it out. I will. I look forward to it. No, so that's, I, I know, that's, and, yeah, yeah. And then I said we we toured with Mr. Big and Eric back in the day. So it's a, it's another. There's every the six degrees of separation to all of us somehow. You know, what I'm saying so. Well, that's excellent. So first off, people listening, you gotta watch his show now too, because there's room for everybody out there. Oh my you god, know? you have to watch. First of all, you have to watch. Go go find the z rock is two seasons of z rock yep. which i it is like the rock and roll rock and roll curb your enthusiasm that's all like that's how that's how i can describe it i think like there should be a pack of them made up from people when you first start music you should get like your z rock dvd pack or something i i, I think so it's just it's it's so great and it's just all i can say is first you know, you know when you meet somebody and you like you go okay i'm gonna watch their thing because yeah. sometimes sometimes you're being polite right you know what i'm saying right. you read their book you do something his book I said his I on he was on my show, his episode. He's like I like give me the book I'll read it. He's like sure you will. He gave me the book and we were on. <laughs> I read I couldn't put it down. I read I read the whole book in like a weekend, and the whole time I was like dude what ha-? I was like ripping through the chapters I'm like what happened here what happened here. He's like Are you were serious. Then, you know actually Steve O'Jerry and Craig always told me you got to watch this show. I'm like yeah whatever. So of course I because he was playing with us, I went and watched it. And I, again, I plowed through two seasons. I, I'm like, holy shit, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It, so, yeah, it's like the gateway drug to him is, is that show. Right. So then I listened to the music. I'm like, well, ZO2 is really good. So either way, I'm a big fan of his, obviously, you can tell that. So and he, he's a, a very good guy and a good friend and a, a big inspiration to me. So I, I so I, I don't even know my point of this question. Oh, the well, you're just talking about the podcaster yes. and, and playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just saying it's, it's really great how they're all together. And it's, yes. Well, well, there's a couple of points, you know, first off, the podcasting world is good to support each other. And there's a lot of really great content. Yes. And I think having that. conversations and having, like I always like to say, my show's more about musical conversations. We'll promote your stuff and talk about whatever. I don't have an agenda. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm not. So right. in 1988, I heard a story. The story right. comes up. It's organic. That's cool. Right. It's great. I like stories. But sometimes new stories come up or, or we talk right. about something different that's current no. going on right now. You know, it, that's the real world. I agree. And, and, and people like that. So that's kind of where I, think, well, I guess we're meandering. But my point is, so like with with um, with Joey and Eric and everybody, and 
there's still a friendship and a continuity with these bands now, right? Over all these years, correct. And, you know, and it's not, and it's not in every genre of music. That's a good point, and I think that's a good point. And and Joey and I have talked about this, and I think we came up to this conclusion that the guys who are still serious that are still doing it, right? Are like like almost like a strength. The good guys are left. I don't know how to explain it. The drama is gone. If you're still mm-hmm. if you're still doing it now at our age, like the drama is out. Right? right. So uh, yeah, I think it was pure in your heart and it wasn't about the glamour or the money. Correct. You're you know? still right. So the guys the still record do labels, it. I mean I mean the record labels, I mean the banks. Yeah. You know, cheer so much. <laughs> right. And it's just the artist. Right. So the guys left doing it. We all I mean, I know Steve and you know, he's gonna be a guest on the show actually, and I know oh, Steve Brown. Yeah, so I know all these I know so we all know each other since we're like twenty, right? So We've all been connected in some way. Either we've toured together, we have some friend of a mutual friend, or somehow we've all known each other through the years. So therefore, mm-hmm. there's a brethren, a brethren, whatever that word of, you know, of um, yeah, yep, brother, a, com- a community of us. And we're st- so the guys still left. We respect one another. We're all happy to be doing it, and there's and there's no drama, and it's it's. I think the good guys are left. So that's, that's how I would feel about it, and that's how jo- what Joey and I were talking about. It's it's a nice camaraderie of guys. It is, and and it's one of the things I'm going to tell you people like, how could you talk to so and so in the show or whatever? You know, they're rock stars. I'm like, they're musicians, right? You know, these people are approachable and actually probably kinder than more people I know in the other outside of Zoom in the other world. You know what I mean? I've done some things behind the scenes of music too. And I'm going to tell you when I talk to these people, they're more laid back than people right. i know in my real life you know what i mean no like, i understand no no it's because nice it's, it's, they're happy they're doing what they want and they're just appreciative that they're they can do what they want for a living and well well said and i think that which for me when i we play some of these festivals where i meet somebody who i haven't i don't know before mm-hmm. um like i met i don't know we played somewhere what do we play at the frontiers festival i met dog aldrich for the first time and i'm a huge fan of his and he was he's a great. cool, and he's yeah. a great, nice guy. And now, like, you know, on social media, we, hey, what's up? You know, so it was like that. He was a good dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just a regular guy. Also, mm-hmm. so such a real, genuine musician. I mean, the guy lives, eats, and breathes guitar. You see it. You know it. Yeah. He is what he looks, appears to be, is, is what he's like. It was cool. So I guess that is, it's true. The guys who you, who still linger around, they're just sort of the nice guys. I don't know what to say. It's just I've, ne- I've met yeah. only nice guys. And I'm sure you'll have them on your podcast and the journey will be fun. Yes. And I don't mean like these journey puns. I just, it's, <laughs> I don't get shot with lightning or something. You know what I mean? No, it's, you know? It. Just go, it's, it's, it's true. That it is, it is, by the way, forget the band. It is all of us have been on a journey. So just, it's the word, it's the word of the podcast. It's our, it's our <laughs> journey's theme. lawyers can be calling for copyright stuff on infringement. You can't use it word. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, yeah. No, that's funny. great. This has been a treat. Um, Same here, man. As things progress, we'll have you and I'll promote you and have your stuff on. I want people to go check out your your podcast exactly. and all the links are gonna be here. Yes. Check out the new the new the new old C D from Valentine. New old C D. It's called it's, Demos it's from the Attic, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I I think it's totally it's misleading cool. because it's really not demos from the attic. It really feels like not really demos. Right, they're very, they're very <laughs> well recorded, really well produced. They're very well produced demo. That is true. They're well produced demo in parentheses, well produced demos from the attic, yeah. 
and I'm going to tell you one thing, as I know with the production, it was good. And the drums are good. I'm going to tell you, I'm very critical on drums. I like well-produced drums. If the drums Thank suck, you. it's going to really ruin an album. Correct, you know? correct. Uh, you know, well, I got, like I said, we what we did on, for those drums is we did, we used like electronic sounds, but played manually. So we, because that, because we knew Mike, if that's the one thing that could make it sound crappy is if we didn't, if we didn't mic the drums right and get the proper drums, it wouldn't sound right. So we just did it. We went like Def Leppard vibe. For the, cause the, but it yeah, works. For the it works. It, did, it, it does. Good, I mean, but like the wrong drum just ruin, ruin everything. It doesn't matter how good the rest of the band is. I agree. It's a backbeat in the pocket thing, and you know, and I'm not even a drummer. I just it just needs to be there. No, um, and I think are, uh, drummers are going to get the big heads now. I think they're important. You know, and they, it, no, they're super important. No, and then the sound, but the sound of the <laughs> also the, it sounds silly too. The sound and placement of the snare drum could make or break the recording. That's I feel they're very strongly about yeah. the, the placement of the volume and the sound of the snare drum. That's my, I think on my, my little thing. I, I, any, any of the symbols actually were the wrong thing would be just making yeah. it crazy. I think it'd be a frequency thing for me. I think yes, I agree. You, you, know, you are that, correct. That, that's probably a deep dive for both of us. That's I a also good, it's a good deep dive. You, now you're 10 in and you're, you, you love editing. Yes. Talk to me when you have 130 episodes like me, in it, and then tell me how much you still love editing. You are, by the way, I, you, I, you're exactly right. Well, you know what? It takes me a long time to do it, and you're right. I, I mine, it takes me. I can't get them out quick. It takes me like I'm, I can't do one. I do one a month because I have to record it, listen through it, cut out the nonsense, put it. I, I piece it together. I put music in. It's definitely a little more of a. It's a lot more work than than. I, I give myself a lot more work. Put it that way. I do do some editing. I do, but in, in, in effects, but. I don't do music because it's also on YouTube, so I'm not going to deal with copyright. Right. I already, I already dealt with that with some new bands, so that's the only right. challenge is I watch use, out for copyright. No, speaking of, I, I actually use music that I have permission to use or my own music, so I, I, I am fully aware of that. I don't just use random stuff. Well, I've gotten music. I've been All the artists have given me permission, but there's still a third level Right, as a label. Permission. No, I, I use stuff that's not masked. I don't use label masters. Right. I, don't, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I use things that – some quirky recording or something that I try, you know, I don't use the master version of a label that I have to, maybe a live version or something where I have permission to use that version of it. Wait till you try using your own stuff and they tell you can't use it because the record label owns it. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I use, also I use a lot of, I, rec, I use my own recordings. I just made, I, re, I write stuff, I, I demos just for this, just you know for the purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, this yes. is a Valentine's song is owned by RCA. You're yes. like, what? Yes. I got no, stories exactly. I could tell you for days about artists I've talked to about that. And they're like, they can't even use some of their, bigger known hits from from then because no, of record which is, which is funny um uh jj french has a great podcast too and promoting it out i love it and he all, the first thing he does is thank you know universal music for like you know for letting him letting him <laughs> use his own song that's <laughs> every that's how he starts every single podcast and it's so. hilarious that it's really good this has been this has been a wonderful thing i want to thank you for being on the show man oh my god my pleasure i could i could talk to you all night about this stuff so thank That'd you so much